Allison's not interested. There. I do have a funny story for you. Oh. Are you ready for this? I couldn't be more ready. Okay, so when you recorded with Hannah, you opened with, um, now I'm here with a new guest, and she is smoking hot. She's my smoking hot new guest. You kept, you never said Hannah. You never said my wife. So my youngest is sitting there listening, and the majority of what she's ever heard is you and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. so I'm sitting there listening and I look over at her and the look on her face of like, what is happening to this podcast? If I hear any Sammies, <laughs> Sandys go under any hammies, I'm out. Mom, you told me to listen to Chip and Eric, but this is like, I was like, it's Hannah. And then you hear Hannah start talking. <laughs> My inside joke for Hannah is going to be um, every single time I'm going to tell her she has something in her teeth. Yeah, I'm sure she appreciated that a lot. She probably did. She didn't. She had a good laugh. She did we have a good laugh. Laughed. She laughed. Yeah. She's cool. She's way cooler than, than like, and I well, don't mean cool like that. I mean cool like she tolerates me cool. She does tolerate you. Yeah. 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 She's, she's got, yeah. She's, it's a, Hannah's a saint. <laughs> Just kidding. She knows what she got into. She, she knew. She knew. Well, she did, but yeah. she probably, she may not have known just how <laughs> the extent of it. Yeah. Oh. oh, when you got comfortable, you got really well. We got married after only knowing each other forty-seven days. Whoa! So she really didn't. Wow, you're yeah. right. I faked it. You faked forty-seven it for days. 47 days. I was a perfect gentleman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good call job. Her, call her Miss Hannah. Good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Opened her car door for Lady her. Hannah. <laughs> I opened her car door for her, and now it's like she's lucky if I unlock the car. He's lying. You're lying. I am lying. I love my wife. I know you do. I'm a good husband. Yep. I know you love your wife. Speaking you of good husbands. Jacob, please. <laughs> Here comes Jacob. <laughs> I'm at least better than Jacob. <laughs> wow. The bar is set. Okay. Hey, guys, speaking of Jacob Freeze, Freeze, Fleas from Laban, today is day 13. 13. Where are we? we? Genesis, Genesis 31, 31 through 32, and John, John 7, 1, 7, 1 through 31. 1, 7, 1. Okay. <clears throat> Wow. Someone will be mad. We're reading Genesis 31 and 32, John 7, 1 through 31. And it goes like this. Genesis chapter 31, Jacob... Fre <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> it's a hard word. It's a hard word, fleas. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 31, Jacob flees from Laban. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense, and Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock would begin to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mated with the females. The, the, saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob. And I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up, and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. 
for I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded, that's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He's reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for, for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So Jacob put his wives and children on camels and drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had, required, he had acquired in Padan Aram and set out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away, shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban the Aramean, and they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Laban pursues Jacob. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled, so he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to him, appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Laban caught up with Jacob, and he was camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he had set up a camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Mm. Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You've acted very foolishly. I could destroy you. But the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me, leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go, but your intense longing for your father's home and your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all the re these relatives of ours and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent and searched there, to search there, then to Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives. He found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent. But Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, Please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, and he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry, and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? he demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of all of us before our relatives for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years I have been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse in my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Jacob's Treaty with Laban. Then Laban replied to Jacob, 
These women are my daughters, and these children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To commemorate the event, Laban called the, the place Jagar Sehadutha, hmm. which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Galid, which means witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, this pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Gilead, witness pile, but it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, may the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or if you marry other wives, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our own vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of my grandfather Nahor, to serve as judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the, before the fearsome God of his father Isaac to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to the covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning, and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Genesis chapter 32. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Jacob sends gifts to Esau. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform you, inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now, now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead, go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply, they belong to your servant Jacob, but they are a gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsmen and to all 
who followed behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent the night in the camp. Jacob wrestles with God. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his servant, his two servant wives and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, Let me go, for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? the man replied, and then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God's God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of his injury to his hip. Even today, people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Okay, and now we're going to jump forward to the New Testament. Jesus and his brothers. This is John chapter 7, 1 through 31. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you could do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go any time. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Jesus teaches openly at the temple. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, went, though secretly staying out of the public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people weren't surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, My message is not to own. It comes from God. I'm sorry. My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is, merely, or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obeys it. In fact, you're trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed, but you work on the Sabbath too. When you obey Moses' law of circumcision, actually this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before Moses. For if the correct time for circumc circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it, so as to not break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Is Jesus the Messiah? Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? But here he is, speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he's the Messiah? 
But how could he be? For we, for we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he'll simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I come from. But I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true. And you don't know him, but I know him because I come from him. And he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? And that, and that is, is our, our reading, reading today. today. Okay. That was good. Mm -hmm. It's a wrestling match. I don't know why that intrigued me. Oh, it's incredibly mysterious as well. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I don't get this. Who's eating the tendons of anything? I wondered that too. Yeah, I'll was pass. Was that a thing? I suppose it was. But not the one near the hip socket. Right. Because yeah, Grandpa Jacob had his hip broken by God one time. I don't know. That story just... It's crazy. It's... I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we've got there. Uh... I mean, it's just interesting. Well, um, so we have two questions. Yeah. What's this... happening with this wrestling now? <laughs> Who's eating and the tendons? Who's eating the tendons? Yeah. So, um, Allison, mm -hmm. how does this help you love God or others more? Uh, okay. Well, I think I'll do others um, because it was jumping out at me in chapter seven where Jesus was saying um, there was little things that were jumping out at me, like um, said uh, his brothers were telling him, you know. Go where people can see you do your miracles. You can't come fa become famous if you hide like this. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Mm. So that stuck out to me. And then it goes, Jesus replied, um, it's not the right time for me to go. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like there was one more. Um, let's see. Uh, seeks honor. Okay, maybe not. Um, so how this helps me love others is Jesus was Jesus was loving people that were absolutely terrible to him you know his brothers did not believe in him like it says for even his brothers didn't believe in him mm -hmm. so when they said leave here go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles you can't become famous if you hide like this you can do such wonderful things show yourself to the world they're mocking him right yeah Mm -hmm. I mean, well, if you can do such wonderful things. Oh, yeah. You can't get famous if you hide. His own brothers. Yeah. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, you know, no, you go ahead. This world hates me because I accuse it of doing evil. And I like, especially even today in a situation where, um, you know, we get, as Christians, we get attacked for our beliefs. Um, and then it, it makes you, when you tell me you get pushed back. For your, for your beliefs it's so easy to say well am i not being loving am i not being you know am i is this not right yeah and jesus was so just solid in saying no they hate me because i call them out for doing evil you know but he still loved all of them mm -hmm. um so i guess the way this helps me love others more is looking again i said this the other day looking at the example of how jesus loved people is it's such it's such a, i can't get enough of it you know, and I have to remind myself of it all the time because I will get so affected by the world around me mm -hmm. 
that I will think I have the right to not love somebody because they're mean to me or they don't treat me the way they should. His brothers didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you guys can go ahead and go without me. Nobody likes me. It's fine. I love him still. Also, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Shh, don't do it. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Like, I, I just... I love reading the words of Jesus and the stories of Jesus because I feel like we need that. That's why it's so important that we do what we do to get people to read the Bible because you have to read it over and over and over to remind yourself Mm -hmm. just that example of loving people who treat you horribly. You know, they they weren't believing in him. They were like, go ahead, show your miracles, you know. It's funny because two of them would write books of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that probably didn't shock Jesus. So, but I mean, if I were, like, I just can't imagine being in Jesus. Jesus, not being like, do you know what you're going to do in the future? Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. When you're writing. And also, I'm going to send mom to go live with some other guy. Yeah. Just know. Yeah. That I know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I would not be able to keep quiet about it. I'd be like, yeah. just like. Yeah, Jude, you can come make fun of me when you can write more than a page. <laughs> He's like, my name is Judas. <laughs> Don't call me that. Don't call me Jude. And then later he's like, I liked it when he called me Jude. He's my favorite. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Example I totally agree with people. you. Yep. So how does this, how does this help me love God more? Um, you know, I think... There, without God, there is no peace between Jacob and Laban, right? And and, and the two of them, this resentment has been growing mm-hmm. for 20 years. As at well least 13. Yeah. At least 13 years. Because the first seven years where he's working for him, he's happy. He, he made that. He's yeah. like, I'm going to get that girl. I'm mm-hmm. working for seven years. I'm going to get this girl. So at least for 13 years, yeah. this resentment is just building. It's obviously building with Laban's sons who are like, oh, Jacob's using our dad and getting rich, mm-hmm. right? This resentment is building and family resentment is unlike any other resentment. And so it's just building and building and building. And then, you know, God kind of makes this whole way out. And yeah, um, you know, Rachel did, did sin against Laban and she gets away with it. But like the two men are able to put things aside because it's it's God, the God of Abraham and God of Isaac. Um, they just keep going back to that. And so I just, I love that. It helps me love God more because it reminds me, no matter how much I resent someone, there can be peace. You know, mm-hmm. there can be peace. And I don't... Only with God. Yeah, but exactly. Only, only with God. And so if I, if I want to love God more, if I want to actively be loving towards God more, I should seek that kind of peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where they eventually get to. You know, no one has to die, Mm-mm. you know, even though by Jacob's own words, Rachel should have died, mm-hmm. the wife he actually likes. Right. Um, but I just, I love that. I think that God desires for us to have that. And I think if we want to love God more, then we should lay aside our resentments. And just have peace. Just have peace with each other. Even if sometimes that looks like, okay, here's a pile of stones. You stay on that side. I'll stay on this side. Right? And then Jacob goes on, and he's trying to make peace with his brother that he wronged so terribly. We know how that goes. Um, 
the headline on Genesis 33 is Jacob and Esau make peace. So we know how that goes. But, you know, it's, it's just God desires that and he empowers that. And if we love him, then we'll seek after that. Right. And listen for that because, yeah. because he spoke to, to Laban and he said, don't, don't kill it. You know, don't. So Laban had to right. listen. The idol situation is interesting to me. She's a thief. No, but they had idols. Yeah, she did. He did. Laban did. And she took them. Yeah. So she felt they were important. She probably thought they were valuable. For what? Selling, because they were made probably of precious metals. You don't think she was saw them as valuable? She could. She could have. I mean, you can you can also read very easily that they're like, yeah, we don't care. Do whatever God told you. Like they don't have like this, you know. Well, I don't know that I read it like that. I just I just wondered if there was a, a, a divided. So she's resentful too, because Laban cut her out of the will. Right. So when they say, that's fine with us, we won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. It's not, that's fine with us. Whatever God wants is what we're going to do. Right. Whatever. And so I think then she goes and steals those idols because either she knows it's going to upset her dad. So she's kind of like, you know, just like a a final little like screw you kind of like, I'm taking these. I don't know that there's idol worship happening there. I don't, oh, I guess I, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know that. I think that we have to be careful because, um, in clear. all likelihood, it's probably not that because we don't read any of the boys growing up around that and, and, you know, none of the other wives have any of that stuff going on. So I just, you know, but I do think she was trying to hurt her father, mm-hmm. steal from him something that's important to him and that she can get money for. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she's going to get away with it. She makes this rash decision on the mm-hmm. way out to say, I'm going to get away with this, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, there could be idol worship there mm-hmm. too. I think one way or the other, we have to not be dogmatic and just stick to whatever the, the scripture yeah. says and go with what we know for sure. Yeah. Um, and what we know for sure, she took them and then faked the like grossest possible way that she could get away with those idols. She went for it. So, cause what dad's going to be like, yeah, I don't care. Get up. Exactly. No dad. No, exactly. Yeah. Why? <laughs> She was she was a thinker, an innovator. Yeah, ahead of her time. She was. She was ahead of her time. <laughs> really. You know, many more people uh, would come to. Yep. Well, that March eighth is... is International Women's Day, so maybe we should circle back around to this one. Okay. To see the innovator, Rachel. Hey, I love reading the Bible, and I love reading it with all of you guys. It's amazing. I love it too. Mm-hmm. Even it's... the parts that are real weird. It is. There's some weird. Yeah. Well, um, we love reading with you guys. Um, yeah. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah, update us. Yes, of course. How's your mother? Just That's what they say in Boston. How's your mother? Do they? Yeah. That's Sam from the South. How y'all doing? <laughs> Stop. That is not how we <laughs> sound. Get some gumbo. Come on now. Come on down to the bayou. Get you some gumbo. Why did I even shrimp. bring it up? Get, get you some of that fine Creole meal down. We got crawdads. We're going to eat some alligator. And, you know, we get that gator.